And welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. This is Jason down here in the south, and he is Wyatt up there in the north. That is right. I am up in the north, but I'm more like central north because I'm just south of the Mason-Dixon. So I guess you're still technically south then. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm a, what is it, a confederate? Yeah. Union confederates? Right. It mixes, it mixes well with the confederate flag on my General Lee. There you go. Okay, yeah. Well, we are ready to jog our memories one more time and run down a few childhood dreams from the 80s and hope maybe we'll stir up some of your own memories from decades past. We appreciate everyone downloading the show on your favorite podcast app or over on the Throwback Network. Or if you want to watch our recording session and hang out, you can find us on the Rediscover the 80s YouTube channel. Well, Wyatt, episode 8 of the show is all about our early driving and car memories. Yes, it's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sure Jason will be rolling quite a bit as uh, uh, I, I seem to be the most accident-prone <laughs> of all. So uh, we're not going to get too much into it at the moment. We don't want to start it too early. But uh, I think right. we can lead into other things. Yes. Yeah, I think you'll be doing the majority of the talking on this show. Uh, but now you'll know how I feel on mass cast <laughs> chats when you guys talk about the comic books. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there I, you go. I enjoy our mass cast chat. I enjoy the comic book articles that we talk about, but I don't, I totally don't get into the weeds like you and the rest of the, we'll call quote unquote <laughs> agents get into. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just, <laughs> yeah. Zoom. Thunderhawk. <laughs> well, look, uh, well, cars are definitely your, I would call you a car buff. Uh, like my dad, so uh, that's why I said I think you'll be doing the majority of the talking on episode eight. But uh, before we get into the show, we uh, always like to read back a little listener feedback, and even though we've only had one comment that I found from the last show, and it was a short one at that, we do want to recognize uh, and shout out Mike Stewart over on our Facebook page there. He said, uh, great episode in reference to the school memories. That was really fun. And uh, I know you've listened to it several times back, and so have I. That was just a good old time. It went went long, but, uh, man, it was just great to get all those memories out. It was, and I'm already starting to think we need to do a a part two, like we hinted at. More and more are stirring up in my head. And uh, (laughs) I just need to get it down on our ideas. Uh, It was so... For me, it was entertaining, and I still mm-hmm. laugh at stuff like Russ and the helium or <laughs> us with the spitballs over in the church. Just so many awesome memories. Yeah. Well, and at the time, I'm sure we didn't think it was at the time. We weren't, you know, we just, like now, you know, day-to-day, Monday to Friday type of thing. But now yeah. looking back, reflecting, we're like, man, how do we not miss, you know, how, how would we uh, basically get through it? Yeah, and not remember half the stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was just hilarious. The the stuff I yeah. still chuckle at it. My wife still looks at me like, "Haven't you listened to that already?" I said, "How many times?" <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 just amazing, you know, as we've gone through the show and how much just a little poke can really 
oh yeah, I remember that, and it just it just steamrolls down the hill. Oh, that's uh, what it was for me. I, I, you start saying things, um, and certain things would, you know, kick on, and and I'm sure it was the same way with you. You would sit there going, oh yeah, I do remember it. Oh, okay, where was I? Because yeah. a great a great <laughs> example is you were talking about some of the stuff, the gym stuff, and I think the last eleventh uh, year. 11th grade rather I went to Votech in the morning so I skipped a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that happened in the morning at school and in the afternoon we switched to an afternoon class for senior high for basically the second phase so I missed a lot of the afternoon stuff so I know I missed a lot of gym class and I'm sure yeah. that's where <laughs> when you're talking about this the the flicker ball I think is what the one you called I'm like <laughs> yeah. I don't recall this why do I not remember oh wait Maybe it happened when I was at, you know, Votech. So yeah, it's that's just uh, been really fun uh, as we go through these shows. But as we have been doing now for a few episodes, we like to hit a few icebreaker news headlines, and I've jotted a few down here. I don't know if you have any you wanted to talk about, but um, the first one that I just saw today was that an old uh, 80s property called the Sectars. They are bringing those toys back. Um, they were like a insect-infused <laughs> character, uh, all the bugs and stuff. And they, I do remember them. I don't remember having one myself. I think some, one of my friends had them. They were a little bit taller in scale to like He-Man and, I think even Thundercats, they might have been taller than about a six-inch size. But this uh, company, Zyka Toys, is going to go back and produce 10 of the uh, figures in four-inch size this time. And they're funding them through Kickstarter. So I thought this was neat that um, it's a relatively obscure uh, toy line. I mean, do you remember it at all? I'm looking them up right now, and I... I don't recall. I do remember. I recall the the fly. Mm-hmm. I do recall that, but I don't recall going through here. No, I don't recall the spider or anything else there. That's uh, it. Must have flew past me. <laughs> I just don't remember this. Yeah, just from what I've read, and like I said, I didn't. I don't remember having any of those. But they've kind of come back to me you know, as I've gone into this uh, rediscover the eighties site uh, a few times. Um, apparently they had a really huge playset that they also want to reproduce, but yeah, they, I think they might've had uh, a 13 episode cartoon. It was really short lived. It might've been less than that. Uh, now that I think about it, it might've been only like maybe five episodes, hmm. uh, like a mini series that, that they tried to kickstart this franchise and it never really took off. And, um, I have seen comic books. I know there's, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, five, six, seven issues that they put out of the sectars. So anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting. It They would go for, I mean, maybe it was just because the rights were cheap. and <laughs> Could be. Well, let me try this and see if anybody remembers it. We'll throw it up on Kickstarter, you know, that kind of a thing. Maybe but, that's what we should have done with Mask. Do a Kickstarter, something like that. Should have done it before Hasbro renewed their rights. (laughs) They had a a linchpin there. 
But uh, some other things uh, I just jotted down. Um, I don't know if you had watched Happy Days at all. I did. I, I used to use, like the fawns. <laughs> it's so odd to see them anywhere else now. It is. It really is. But uh, Joni, she passed away this past week. Aaron Warren. Yeah. I saw that. I wasn't a huge Happy Days fan or, or watcher, I guess you would say. But, um, yeah, it was kind of sad. I know. remember the, the spinoff series they did, Joni and Chachi. I don't remember the, that. Uh, that was in the... That was in the early '80s, I do believe, uh, and I, I don't know how many episodes or seasons came about. I think maybe yeah. it was just one or at the most two seasons. But uh, yeah, we've lost another one, and she was—I mean—fairly young. I think she was just in her early fifties, early to mid. I think is what I saw today in the headlines. Yeah, maybe like fifty-four, something like that. Yeah, I I watched. I won't call it on a regular basis, but I, I did watch it. I, I you know grew up with them. Uh, hanging out in the, the bar slash diner, whatever it was. And I remember seeing, it was about that era and into the mid, I would call the mid 80s, where they loved to marry sitcoms together. And I want to say, was Mork on that? Did Mork visit them? I think it actually spinned off from Happy Days. Did it? Okay. Mork, Mork and Mindy. Okay. I'm pretty sure. It sounds right, at least. But I remember, uh, for some reason, I vaguely remember seeing him on there, uh, Robin Williams. And I think there was one or two other merriments that they did there. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, I think, appeared on there once. Uh, and someone else. But it was just fascinating. I loved the merriment uh, yeah. when they do that. It, it's To me, it's intriguing. It's probably the best way to put it. And now looking back, and I I want to go back and find the the uh, different strokes episode with Kit. That was, <laughs> I vaguely remember him appearing, and it was a two part series because it was like a cliffhanger at the end of the episode. I think was the it? first, yeah, I think it was a cliffhanger because there was danger and Kit, you know, being the car that's <laughs> not supposed to be talking at all, did scan and found some some danger. I think I don't. Maybe I'm ad-libbing for all I know. Uh, I actually, the the episode was on, every once in a while, I'll click past, I think it's Antenna TV that still shows different strokes. And I clicked past it one day, and I think it was like at the very end of the episode. But I was thinking maybe Arnold and a friend of his snuck on to like the, it, uh, this is in my mind. Like they snuck onto the Universal or whatever the studio right. set, and they were trying to, I guess, climb in Kit. And maybe, maybe they climbed in and something happened. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to look. We'll have to uh, look that up on YouTube or yeah or something and see if we can figure that out. But yeah, I do. I remember there's a lot of a lot of spinoffs, a lot of crossovers that they've done through the years mm-hmm. uh, on sitcoms. But uh, yeah, I'd forgotten Mork. Pretty sure Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days. So probably. And then the uh, the last little bit of news headlines I had was that have you seen the Nintendo what they're calling the uh, Classic Edition, which is like the mini NES that they just released like this last year? I've seen it, and I remember they that there was a big. Like they didn't release very many, 
So there was yeah. a mad dash and people were selling them for like a million bucks on eBay or something like that. <laughs> and then they, yeah. they restocked it and now they've ended it, which kind of pisses me off. I, you would think <laughs> that this is bringing the company some, some serious coin and I don't know why they're stalling it out. I, I, I'm still eager to get one, but I'm not going to buy it at eBay prices. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Uh, they just, the, from what I heard, if you're still in the market for one, you want to go to Best Buy. I think that's where the last shipment of these are headed, uh, mainly to Best Buy. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that are kind of scratching their heads. You know, they they had shortages, and now they're just gonna up and end it. But from what I've read, they're in development with doing a Super Nintendo mini and it could be released as early as this christmas nice so they're gonna go they're gonna go up to the next console there the super nintendo snes and uh, essentially do the same thing shrink it and give you uh some controllers and probably about 30 games that's kind of a rumor now going around that that's in development uh no official word or official game list What's interesting? What's interesting about this is remember when the Atari rebirthed here probably about ten years ago. There wasn't a lot of hype. You didn't see it in the news. You didn't see it anywhere. You just happened to walk down no. the aisle and you'd see, oh, dude, they they brought back an Atari console. That's awesome. Now they're up to four, <laughs> five, six. I don't know. They're like Land Before Time. Yeah. They're up to twelve. <laughs> uh, so, and. My wife actually bought me one here two Christmases ago. It's the number four, and I I enjoyed playing it. I just mm-hmm. the downside is I don't have any place to keep it hooked up, so it's always in the way. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, it's just fascinating that the Super NES or the NES and now the Super NES are getting more hype than the Ataris. Yeah. Uh, you would think it would have been almost equal with Atari that the fan base it has. Right, and like you said, they've they've done several, and they've added games. Uh, I think some of those newer ones hold like seventy or eighty games. Yeah, and Sega has done the same thing with the Genesis, or over in the UK, what they call Mega Drive, and they've released some Sega Genesis consoles. And just uh, last week, I got an article idea, which uh, cheap plugged. I just released today. <laughs> over on uh, Rediscover the 80s was they need to do a Sega Master System Mini and uh, and release that because that's the first console, well, the first console after Atari that I had. And there's about 45 games that are still exclusive to the Sega Master System. You, can, you can't find them anywhere else. They didn't port onto, you know, the next console or they didn't come from a you know, another console. So uh, I put together a little list of uh, several of those exclusive games that would be fun to put on a, uh, on the Sega Master System Mini. So I'm kind of partial to that, like I said, because I chose that over a Nintendo. Yeah. uh, When I was given the choice. So I enjoyed going over to friend's house and playing Nintendo like yours. And uh, some of my friends got to come over and uh, play the Sega Master System at my house. 
But, I don't uh-huh. remember the Master System. I do remember the Genesis because that's when I liked or played uh, Outrun and Sonic. I loved Sonic. I think to some degree, I won't say 100%, but mm-hmm. to some degree, I, there were many times I actually favored Sonic over Super Mario. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a season like that for me too. Yeah. Because you could do the loops and the whole like spinning, you know, winding up, which it was kind of more comical for us to try to do the the spin up, which only needed probably one time, but we'd sit there and do it like a half dozen right. times or so. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I think Outrun was actually on my Sega Master System. Really? So then I played I it. I, I remember playing Outrun on your system. Okay. Well, then that was it then. So anyway, it's it's neat that they're bringing these back, and I'm glad Nintendo is kind of re-releasing this stuff. Obviously, there's these systems like what you got for my birthday several years ago now where they're newer, smaller systems that can play the old cartridges. Right. And some of them you can play Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis all in the same console. Right. I've seen those on a, on uh, Amazon. Right. And those ones, but, um, I guess, I, I, as much as I would like the ones that have the software built in, there's just something about still having that cart and being able to right. slap it in there and be able to, you know, for us, Spy versus Spy or Contra or whatever our game is, I, I just, I guess I like that whole, okay, what do you want to feel like playing now? Uh, yeah. How about Three Stooges? Okay. And still happen to uh, blow into the cartridge to Only? <laughs> get it. Well, to you you do it whenever. Me, I just do it if it doesn't work. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's a, it's habitual. But um, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's fun that they're bringing those back, and I hope they do release a Super Nintendo. I wasn't. I uh, like I was more into Genesis at that time. I never had a Super Nintendo either. And the only time I really remember playing it was at college. Uh, a friend of mine had one. And I remember going to the local, I, might, I don't know if it was Blockbuster or whatever it was, and we rented the three Star Wars games. It, you know, the, it was like Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi. And we tried to beat all three huh. in one night. We got like a couple pizzas and we just started at like six o'clock and tried to <laughs> try to see how far we could go and beat it. I think we finally gave up. I think we did make it to the last game, but man, that was a fun night. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I there was a huge error that missed me. I went from NES and your Sega basically to basically playing a, a friend's PlayStation, the original PlayStation mm-hmm. One. So I I never. I don't remember ever playing a Super NES. I don't even remember playing an N64, to be honest. I don't uh, remember playing N64 either. I know somebody I know had one, because I do remember playing, what was it, Super Mario World that was on the Super Nintendo, where you could ride Yoshi and spit his tongue out. Hmm. I do remember playing that. I'm not sure where it was, but... Uh, yeah, very little experience with the games on Super Nintendo. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Let's. Uh, if you got anything else, I'd say we go ahead and uh, get on with the show. Sounds great. We're gonna get into our early cars and driving days, and we'll see how far we get. I was the <laughs> one that had 
more than one car, it seems, at least in high school, and not, uh, well, I guess it was at one time. But I guess we'll start off in a different path by saying, what interested you in driving or learning how to drive first? Uh, Well, for me, like I mentioned before, my dad was a huge car buff. Uh, Still is. And he would take me to car shows when I was younger and he could name off, you know, every single make model year of, (laughs) of all the classic cars, you know, back from the probably around forties and fifties, sixties, you know, back when he, you know, first started driving and what his first car was, which was a, I think a 53 Chevy anyway. Um, so he, I was always around the classic cars and then dad never really got much into sports. I was a big into sports, basketball, baseball, football. I played them. He would come to my games and such if it was, you know, me out there. But the only really sport we shared was NASCAR. So we watched NASCAR uh, from the time I can remember. He being the Daryl Waltrip fan and me being the Dale Earnhardt fan. And all through the kind of the mid to, I would say mid to late 80s up through the early 90s. Uh, before I went off to college, and even when I, when I was at college, we would often talk NASCAR, you know, when we were on the phone. So that kind of drove <laughs> my uh, interest into cars. And I had to throw in there Hot Wheels because, you know, when when we were kids, it just seemed like there was a lot of, I don't know, it, it seemed like there was more stuff to me back then than there is now. It seems like they re-release the same designs and everything each year. Agreed. <laughs> uh, or every couple years. Now that you know, I've been into the Hot Wheels world with my two boys for several years now. But back then, I mean, they were releasing Hot Wheels and Happy Meals. I remember that. Yep. And you know, they came up with those little crack up cars where the, the doors and the bumpers and stuff would flip over and show damage. And they were really getting into the, like the tracks and stuff back then. Um, and then those little garages and stuff, kind of the late seventies, I would say into the eighties, but um, getting real inventive with, you know, the hot wheels and matchbox worlds. So that's kind of what, pushed me into, you know, I can't wait until I'm 16 and start uh, driving. How about you? Um, probably all of the above, except for NASCAR. Um, <laughs> me, it was more Matchbox. I mean, I had the mix and mash, max uh, of everything, but Matchbox, I liked a little bit. I fa- seemed to favor it more because they were more conventional. They weren't Hot Wheels. Yeah, where they real were- life. Yeah, they were they were more legit. I call it. I like the Hot Wheels. Don't get me wrong. It just I, I seem to favor the Matchbox cars. Uh, but then I think I got a little more interested. In fact, I have a baby photo. Uh, I swear this is it's probably in my blood, where I was driving. At least I swear I was driving a lawn tractor with my granddad, <laughs> and I was on his knee, and my hands were touching the wheel. So I therefore I I claim that I drove. And I was probably only six, eight months old or whatever. Um, my little 
my little orange pickup truck that I sent to you or uh, mm -hmm. put on my Facebook probably was the real starter for that because I would always get on that thing and just go, go, go. And then when grandpa let me drive the tractor and mow the lawn, man, I was in heaven cause I could actually drive and felt <laughs> like I was being productive, you know, mowing, but the mowing was kind of afterthought of just uh, driving. Yeah. Uh, then my dad around five or six, let me drive the red truck, which is now mine, uh, out on the, five on, or six? Uh, it was young. Wow. And the reason I, I get in that mindset, it was somewhere around that. I might've been seven. It was just before the divorce and the divorce happened when I was 10. So he was in that era, uh, probably between seven and 10. Uh, we used to go up to my grandmother's up above or below rather Grampian on the way to Dubois route 219. And that's the highway I used to drive the last mm -hmm. mile before we would turn in, he'd sit me on his knee and I would drive the steering wheel. That's all I drove, but I would drive the steering wheel for the, that last mile. And eventually <laughs> I was allowed to turn into the driveway, which was kind of a feat in itself because wow. there was a ditch on either side. So basically I didn't have much room for error. <laughs> And that truck, you know, is not four-wheel drive. So when it goes in, it's going to go in and get towed out. So, right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've just been fascinated. And, like, it was peaked, uh, like I said, in the, our school memories. You know, here we are in study hall. I'm not even ready, allowed to drive yet. And I'm the one asking the questions, you know, because I'm so eager and interested in it. Right, so. right. I just to piggyback off of that, I'll throw in there. Um, we had an unfinished basement in our house. And just a couple of weeks ago I, on the uh, throwback Thursday, I posted me in what they called the hot seat. And it was a trike. It was uh you had the big plastic tires in the back. And then just one, I'm pretty sure it was rubber tire in the front. And I would pedal that thing around in the basement. Um, also had a, John Deere tractor that was a pedal car. Mm -hmm. So it, those two, you know, I probably did tens of thousands of laps uh, <laughs> down in that basement with uh, the neighborhood friends and can remember the day when they paved the road, our street, because, and I wrote a little bit this in my, uh, my memoir, it was like everybody that had anything with wheels on it came out that day. I mean, Neighbors I probably had never talked to before, you know, were bringing their kids and grandkids and going up to the end of the street to uh, just ride your bikes and ride everything down. And those two cars I mainly kept in the basement because it really didn't have brakes on them, which that was kind of <laughs> dumb anyway to, uh, to drive them down the street. And I'm realizing, oh, these don't have brakes. So I uh, had to do a Fred Flintstone that day. Well, that's how I drove my, my, my orange truck was mostly Fred Flintstone because, like I said, I could not, whenever I used the actual pedals, it, it usually I wanted to go forward and it would always go backwards. The only time I ever <laughs> used those pedals were probably as brakes to, just to hold it. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know, cause I know I do, did tons of power slides with that thing before I even knew what yeah. that was. So. And my, my dad always had a tractor as well <clears throat> to mow the grass. And I do remember sometimes sitting on his lap and driving quote unquote driving uh, the tractor around. And I do remember a time when, Oh, I'm, I'm old enough to, 
to drive it myself. You know, he'd come out and start it up and give me the, you know, 12 point inspection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in, uh, you know, our backyard, I don't re- know if you remember it in Kerwinsville, but yeah. he planted uh, a lot of small little pine trees and shrubs and fruit trees in the backyard. So, you know, it was like doing uh, figure eights to the nth degree around there. You know, we didn't have the zero point turn. This was, uh, you had to be strategic with your mowing. <laughs> so it wasn't easy. It wasn't just a straight back and forth mow, you know, in right. that backyard. So that made it a little fun too when I got old enough to to drive that tractor around. And he would actually like roll the lawn too. I don't know oh, if your dad uh, did yeah. this. Um, not, not, had my a little, my, not my lawn, but my grandparents, uh, they uh-huh. had that four-acre property, and they had two acres of nothing but pasture land. I think gotcha. you remember being up there uh-huh. a couple of times. And they would periodically, I think every couple of years, they would go out there and roll it. Yeah. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's basically like a, like a large, you know, like a steamroller. Yeah. Uh, it, but it was like on a smaller scale, and you towed it back behind your tractor. And I guess just the purpose was to – keep the ground level and I don't know. <laughs> but I remember cool. having to, to kind of drive it around and that was that was a little tricky in itself, towing something behind right. you and driving. Right. So, well that that you're right. It it was to level it out because, you know, depending on how, how I don't know how your your dad's lawn was, but I know for my my mom's my grandmother's field rather, they used to loathe when my uncle would would cut through the pasture with the car. They wanted to keep that like one huge, nice piece of land, basically a two acre lawn is what they wanted, but they hated mm-hmm. it when people would drive through that. So that's when we usually took that out was to level off what he just, he just put a rut in there. And it wasn't like gotcha. he was really leaving ruts, but they, they assumed that one pass made a rut. So we had to go up and down this whole thing with the freaking roller. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they. I don't know how they dealt with. Uh, he he got into tractor trailer driving. And he had them hot shot trucks. I don't know if you remember those. They were basically your F three fifty. So they were one ton, but they were massively beefed up, and they had the sleeper yeah. cab built onto it. Some of them did, but oh, they wow. towed a flatbed, and I. It's one of those where. <laughs> Fate was at work all the time on that truck because he, he, that thing broke down I don't know how many times. I'm like, dude, don't you just, why don't you just buy the truck to actually haul what you're hauling? It's like, it just didn't make sense. Anyway, he would park it in that field, and I, I know they just hated him for that just because, you know, you got, well, not 18 wheels, but you got, you know, 14 wheels coming down the freaking yeah. uh, pasture. <laughs> but, well, that makes a lot more sense then. So, well, let's go on to the next little point here. And did you have a dream car that you were maybe hoped to own or even just drive uh, growing up? Uh, well, my probably my TV show cars were the bigger ones, you know, Kit, Knight Rider, mm-hmm. uh, and generally off Dukes of Hazard. Those are the bigger ones. But in mainstay vehicles, I was never the Corvette buff. Although um, my uh, one of my cousins, older older cousins, had a Corvette Stingray, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I guess when I came home to, or came to visit them, I would egg on, egg them on to ask, you know, to basically beg them to drive me around the block and he would, <laughs> but it was never, I guess, a fascinated car. It wasn't until my teen years uh, that I really started liking vehicles. I wanted a Dodge Dakota. That was one of my dream trucks. I don't know why I wanted it. I think it was because it was new and they, mm-hmm. Oh, the convertible one because the 88, model had a convertible top so i thought that'd be the coolest you know wicked little truck to have and then uh, just before high school uh the dodge viper came out man i was like okay generally you just got bumped okay i want one of them suckers that was the coolest car and then when they got the when they brought the show out dude i was like <laughs> it was hilarious. I was, I'm like, oh, can I have both cars that actually transform? Come on. <laughs> so yeah, I, I that was where my cars. I know one of yours, and I was surprised that you actually wrote it down on our little notes. But I'll let you have it. What was your dream car? What did you ever hope to own and possibly drive? Uh, one caveat: I for the many many years I did want my '78 Dodge truck for my dad. And I ended up getting it, which yeah. was a story in itself. But to to run it down, he gave this to me the Christmas of 95. It was supposedly mine at that point. <laughs> it took 20 years before I saw it in my driveway. <laughs> and there was a lot of begging, well, more like coaxing him to get it to me at some yeah. point. Um, it's Funny enough, it took a coal furnace to get it into my possession. I, I, don't, I don't know how that math works, but um, that's what worked. <laughs> well, as long as you have it now. And I, that's, I that's love driving that, that thing. It's rough, but the memories just flourish whenever I'm driving that thing. I'm like, dude, I remember, well, that I'm going to keep on going. You, what was your dream car? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was always the Corvette. Um, Dad and I always dreamed about, uh corvettes and he always talked about you know how cool they were and at the car shows it was always uh we seeing corvettes here and i think it was uh scoot grice who owns uh, grace gun shop mm-hmm. and has that little grace museum there in clearfield that owned a 63 split window uh, i don't know if he still does or you know, maybe it was somebody else that I'm thinking of, but he was a big car collector and obviously has the museum to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to house them. But just the, all the little nuances of the Corvette, you know, the early ones in the fifties, how many teeth they had on the grill would be, you know, they started out with eight and it went to 13 and then you had the stingray era. And then that rare one that split window in the back. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward to like uh, my childhood, and of course, I loved the A Team, and that was that was one of them I wanted to have for a long yeah. time was Faces Corvette, even with um, the red stripe, even with the red stripe. Yeah, good on uh, you because I, I love the I, I pass. I used. To, <laughs> I, I think I told you this about two years ago. I passed a Corvette, a white Corvette for for sale, and as much as it looked nice white, I it, it, it just like. You know, just like a Dodge Charger, it doesn't look right without that red stripe on it. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to do it. So, and I remember a time 
it was probably in my high school years or about the time I was driving, we were headed to uh, see my dad's family up in Countersport and passed a uh, Corvette for sale. It was a white one. It was that late 70s kind of Stingray Corvette, the smaller mm-hmm. ones. Uh, oh, I loved it. I was like, oh, and it, I can't remember what the price was. I was trying to do the math. You know, can I somehow come up with the money <laughs> to get this car? Uh, of course, never did. But finally, uh, oh, it's probably been at least two years ago now. My dad went out and bought a Corvette. He owns a uh, 94 uh, Hunter, like that Hunter green, dark yeah. green. And I learned about it through Facebook. (laughs) He did not tell me he had a plan or uh, I know the Corvette I'm going to finally get and and all this. I I see my cousin post something on Facebook about uh, your dad's Corvette or something. I'm like, "Uh, uh, what? (laughs) So I was so mad at him for... (laughs) Not telling you. Or not telling me. After all these years, we had just longed to have a Corvette in the family. And he gets one and doesn't tell me. And I was the last person to actually uh, ride in it, too. He took both of the, the boys at the time for a ride, a joy ride, and even Aaron. And uh, he finally, you know, took me out for a spin. And I'm just kind of looking at him and I'm kind of waiting. And I'm looking at him, and I'm waiting. This is just a couple years ago, you know. So this, I'm an experienced driver, and I'm like, "So you gonna you gonna let me drive?" <laughs> he did finally, and um, I got to check off one of my uh, my bucket list yeah. bucket list items. I've, I've done a hundred miles an hour in a Corvette. <laughs> oh wow, nice! <laughs> we took it on the interstate, and I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna do it and bring it back down." Yeah. Anyway, so that was uh, that was always the car. That was always the ones I wanted to get when I was playing Hot Wheels and stuff too. I had I had a gray one that had rubber tires that I kept pristine. Would not take it out of my dirt driveway. <laughs> that was like my fate. One of my favorite uh, Matchbox or Hot Wheels cars. Um, and then I had this strange. Yes. Uh, liking to Chevy Berettas. And my uh, neighbor up the street, his mom had one. And I don't know. I just liked the shape of them. And the door handles were so weird. There wasn't like a regular door handle on the side of the car. It was clean. The door handle was kind of up. Uh, the black framing goes for your window. And you pulled it forward towards you to open that door. So it was just it was just weird that there wasn't just like a door handle on the side of the car. Right. And then I don't know. I, I went through this phase where I liked watermelon everything, you know, like candy and gum, and I went through this like watermelon phase. And I saw a green one, like a like like a metallic, like teal, almost teal color. Yeah. Driving around town, I thought, how cool would that be to like put pink. <laughs> pink wheels on it and like pink trim and I could have the license plate like H2O M E L N or something like that. And it would be my watermelon car. 
Uh, I it, so- it sounds totally like something a girl would do. So I'm a little embarrassed to even admit that. But <laughs> I don't know. I had this. What's I, funny I like is part. Jason had this. He, he didn't tell me about this little pinstriping. He did tell me, this is back in high school. He did tell me that he was thinking of, of keeping the sides green, but somehow doing a paint job like a U to make it look like it was a slice of a watermelon at one point. And with black seeds or something, you wow. said that. I remember I, that. I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh, that would be unique. I'll give you that. <laughs> I drive the watermelon car. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was just something that uh, my brain <laughs> came up with. Well, you know, I can't say cool. too much because I mean, I heck, I have an inventory of cars in my head. But one of the things when I had my I'll I'll spill the beans a little bit. When I had my Turismo, uh, car number three, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually was hoping I could trade it out somehow for one of the Rampages. Do you remember the little Dodge Rampage pickup truck? Yes, I do. Because I thought it would be more practical than my little hatchback that I had. <laughs> and I'm like, this would be so cool to have a little mini pickup truck. And I could never find one on Earth. I would see in passing but could never find one for sale. Didn't matter what year I'd look in the ad bargain. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know, it was a little literally a bargain. Call, call it like Craigslist on the newspaper print. Yeah. They had little, little tiny, you know, there was, there was no rhyme or reason to this whole paper. <laughs> you know, you'd see ads and then you'd see one little personal ad for, you know, uh, washer, washer dryer for sale, 20 bucks or whatever out of place. There was no rhyme or reason to this paper, but it was cool because you got to see a lot of stuff it. for sale. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. All that to say, I was I I would routinely read that thing. Always came out on Wednesdays. Um, only reason I know that was because we go get an ad bargain before we went to church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I would look for this rampage that never existed. I could never find one, but I'm like, man, it was so cool to have the rampage. Anyway. <laughs> It was. Uh, you might have watched Back to the Future one too many times. Not not that you're a Toyota man, but you know that little <laughs> pickup that didn't yeah. seem to exist anywhere else in the world. But that's on, it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Back to the Future. But yeah, I guess we should explain that. Uh, well, I guess people might be able to interpret that uh, I came from a Chevy family, and you were the Dodge family. Primarily, I was I was open to opinions, but mostly Dodge. Yes, Dodge the Dodge Chrysler family, which is funny because my dad loved Buicks. He loved Buicks up until what era? It was like early two thousands. Uh, the reason being, he, he that's where I learned how to work on cars. He always worked on cars, and he said the Buicks were always the easiest car, fl- hands out, to work on, even compared to Pontiac. Uh, you know, the other GM entities, the mm-hmm. Buick was far easier to work on, but. <laughs> well, that's, uh, so that's a little bit about our family uh, background and I'm going to pause a minute as Wyatt is fielding a question. It seems like Chevy versus Dodge. Uh I guess the Dukes of Hazard thing probably had a little influence on it too. Uh, Charger. 
And uh, I don't know what had influence. The 18 band was a GMC and faces Corvette, obviously a Chevy. So I guess maybe that's where that came in. He was the Duke's fan. <laughs> GM products were on the 18. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Welcome back. Back to okay. commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that goes into our family history a little bit. And I think maybe that comes out in our television shows too, since you were the Dukes fan and I was the A team fan who had the GM products. And of course the general, well, I guess it wasn't all like Dodge on. uh, Well, the Dukes were primarily, were primarily Chrysler for even, even the early years, they were all Dodge police cars or Plymouth's, the Dodge charger Daisy's, um, it kind of went back and forth. Like, I think they ran out of cars. They had the Plymouth Roadrunner, and then they had the Plymouth Monaco or some two-door cousin of, of the Roadrunner uh, at times to kind of play fill in because <laughs> they probably dented up the one too bad. Um, <laughs> the Even the newer squad cars, um, the Dodge Monacos and uh, Plymouth Furies, it was still Chrysler products. The only thing yeah. that was odd... I would call it on the whole co- the whole Dukes was you had Boss Hogs Caddy, you had Daisy's Jeep, which was AMC before Chrysler bought it, and then you had Uncle Jesse's Ford truck, and then even Cooter didn't seem to have the same tow truck for a while. You know, he started out with I think a Ford, then it was a Chevy, and they think they moved it back to a Ford. Uh, it <laughs> went flip flop basically. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was uh, it. W- really, that's not what what drew me to Chrysler. It was my dad's '78 Dodge truck. That was what drew me in. And I used to say, for many years, and it it actually proved me wrong. Granted, it's twenty. It sat for twenty years, so it's allowed to prove me wrong. But it, during its lifespan, I I used to joke that hell could f- freeze over, and that thing would still start. And you know <laughs> that thing started. It started for after sitting for about 11 years from the last start it started right up wow. it didn't run re- really great but it started and ran and um what finally killed it was the uh all the tarnish and stuff had finally eaten off most of the fuel sender so there was nothing for it to even sip on so um that's the only thing that killed it so well that's uh, a little i guess a little bit of difference between our dads because my dad got the itch to trade every, I don't know, two, three years, it seemed like. And he never, there was one stretch, which was one of the vehicles that I learned to drive on, where he had the same pickup for quite a long time until it uh, met a deer. <laughs> I think I know this it, one. It met a deer in a ditch. Uh, and uh, that was the end of that truck. It, that one had uh, probably close, if not more than 200,000 miles on it. Nice. by him but um right anyway well that kind of i guess segues into what cars family have or what cars did you learn to practice on when you were officially old enough to have a learner's permit which was 16 years old in pa yes um i could run down the list we had an old amc ambassador 67 that was the first car I remember being in the wheelhouse of my my parents. 
My mom had a 73 AMC Hornet station wagon. Sport, sport about is what they called it, basically a station wagon. I don't know if you remember it. It was red with um, looked like a basket-looking thing, uh, applique on the middle. Don't remember that. Um, then old. Uh, I take that back. Old Red was second. I do remember very vaguely that my dad had this uh, international truck before, and that's what he traded the red truck for. Um, and then we had those cars for years up until, well, up until the divorce uh, in '86. He had the he had that Ambassador, and he finally. I'll call it upgraded to uh, 1980 Pontiac Phoenix, which, which turned out to be my car eventually. Um, he was one that basically ran the car into the ground or when he could afford to the next step. That's why the red lived for, or stayed around so long was he didn't have the money. Um, in fact, like I said, he didn't, he didn't buy his, um, new truck until 90 very late uh 95 he got one of the right when dodge changed the style of the ram where it looked more of that like uh big big truck style b- big yeah. rig, you yeah. know with the the lights lower and the big uh grill yeah i do remember that when he when he got that truck yep and uh comical thing he kept saying he wanted wanted me to buy him a new dodge truck he liked the new dodge truck that style so one Christmas I got him a remote control <laughs> dust truck. He goes, that wasn't what I was thinking. I said, well, that's, this is all I can afford right now. <laughs> My wife got me for Christmas right after we were married, maybe a year or two after that, she bought me a, uh, a remote control Corvette. <laughs> so I can sympathize. Yeah. But the first one, like I said earlier, the first one I really learned to drive um, sort of was old red mm-hmm. um steering wheel uh i think at one point he let me around 13 or 14 he let me like pull the ambassador into the into the driveway but like it wasn't maybe 50 60 feet it wasn't a very long stretch mm-hmm. uh but truly learning how to drive um was my my dad's 79 Plymouth Horizon that we affectionately called the Jitney. I have no idea where my dad came up with these names. But that's that was the Jitney. We always knew it was the Jitney. And that thing, I used to joke that if you could drive that, you could drive a tank. No problem. Because that thing had an attitude. At a BA attitude at that. Because there, there was a way you had to start it. And if you didn't do it in sync, it... It, the thing was basically just mothballed for the day. Um, <laughs> and it, you would start out in first and, and, and it would usually go, but you had to kind of muscle the gear shift into first, then it would go. And early morning, if it's cool, you had to kind of let it warm up. But if you didn't let it warm up, it ran rough. Uh, you know, the blessed thing that is carburetors. Um, <laughs> but it so was so it's- stubborn. Is that the car you took your driver's test with? No, my my dad was nice enough to get me uh, my stepmom's car, which was the Buick Century. Yeah, Buick Century because it was automatic. That was the only way. That and that and he said his 
parking brake didn't work on his car, so he knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so, good, good plan there. Good plan I was there. really, I really wanted to take red. To be honest, I wanted to take old red out, but he's like, no, you need a small car. That's the key to winning because you're gonna have to parallel park. Which is hilarious. I didn't never, I never parallel part. They never take, didn't ask for me to do that. So uh, then I kind of rubbed it into his face. I said, I, I could have run red, but I didn't have to do any parallel parking. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it, it, like I said, uh, Jitney was a, uh, was a four speed stick shift. So I learned how to drive a stick and I, I really miss driving a stick now that I have, <laughs> I have automatics. How about you? What was your first? uh lessons learned vehicle um i was trying to remember i well i've got a funny story uh before i even had my learner's permit dad took me out back to the uh, industrial park back behind his mobile home there uh when we lived uh essentially across from the school and he took me back there with his big silver and black uh, Chevy Silverado and here just let's go in here and you can learn to back up turn around go forward move all around in this like paved area where there was essentially a, a business or where a business could go so it was good it was out in the kind of you know nowhere no traffic that kind of a thing and we're out there so I'm driving and learning to move around and stuff. And I get to the point where I back up and I get into the spot where kind of he wanted me to. And we look out and there rolls a state trooper past us. <laughs> and I nearly peed myself in the driver's seat. And he's like, just relax. You know, he sees me here. He doesn't know you don't have a, a permit yet, you know. And I'm freaking out like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get my license. He's going <laughs> to stop us and... Oh, I'm going to freak out. But uh, he just rolled on past, you know, and I think that was the last time I drove before getting my my actual permit to uh, to do that. But uh, my mom, uh, we had always had Monte Carlos from the late 70s. She had a late 70s model that was like maroon. And then she had a... There was a green one, 80, like early yeah. 80s. Yeah, I think it might have been like an 84 or maybe it was an 80. I can't remember. Anyway, it was an, it was a green one, two door. I remember like taking long uh, trips and riding in the uh up in the back window in the back seat on that thing. <laughs> uh don't remember ever driving that though. Um by the time uh I got my uh permit, it was learning on my dad's pickup, which was an automatic. And then the, by this time they had just divorced and mom was living in that apartment and she had that blue, like baby blue Dodge Daytona mm-hmm. hatchback. Oh, that was a fun car. Uh, it was, it was sporty, you know, it was cool to, to drive to school in and stuff. Uh, so I loved driving that car and I was asking to take that car to school as much as I could without having to walk or <laughs> ride my bike or whatever. Um, cause we, we live close enough that I could do that if I needed to, or, uh, you know, her just drop me off. But anyway, so that was the car that I learned that I took my test in. Mm. And I remember everything went 
was going pretty smoothly to start and we head down the hill because we, you know, it was over at the Votex school there. Right. And you head down to that hill right to, uh, was it river road or whatever that is river road. Yeah. Um, to turn left, to go up towards the Kmart parking lot and do all that. And I rolled through the first stop sign and he said, uh, what are you supposed to do at stop signs? And I was like, I'm stopped. And I was like, Oh, you're supposed to stop before you get to the stop sign and then roll up to the, you know, turn. And I was kind (laughs) of, uneasy at the moment. I remember asking him, you know, is that going to fail me or something? He says, I don't know. Let's just get this, you know, let's get through the test. And I ended up passing on my first time. I didn't, uh, didn't hit any cones when trying to park or anything. I did good on that. And, uh, I did have trouble. I remember like looking around for the, the, uh, the four-way flashers, uh, where's that button? And it was on this it was one of those on the steering wheel that you push the button in and then you pulled the little black thing out to pull it back out. Uh, it was right there. And I just spaced on where it was when <laughs> he was asking for it. But that was, uh, that was what I got my driver's license with. And uh, that was a fun little car. Uh, had the flip up headlights too. Yeah. Which I was that. awesome. Um, they're they're maintenance headache but i love them (laughs) yeah yeah so that was that was kind of what i learned to drive with and i did not learn a stick shift until i met started dating my wife in uh, the late 90s (laughs) so it was probably a good i don't know five or six years after well, maybe longer than that since I had my driver's license before I even tried to learn to drive a stick shift. And in her neighborhood, it was uh, just starting to develop. And there was a back section where the houses hadn't been built yet, but all the streets were paved and everything. So that was like the perfect spot, hills and stuff too, to right. test out my stick shift skills. That was in the, her 1990 Honda Civic. Nice. Uh, that's, yeah, uh, I had lots of practice. I, I hinted at it in school days, you know, with uh, Mr. States's, you know, he was surprised that I knew how to drive. I really started around, I want to say 13. My wow. uncle, my uncle started, you know, let me drive my grandmother's car, which he said, Shh, don't tell her. Um, <laughs> and then around 14, my dad started teaching me how to drive the Jitney uh, up, all up and down the back roads all over the place. Then he started letting me drive the truck to kind of get used to a bigger vehicle. That was his mentality. Um, And then when we moved to Frenchville, Eden, uh, we were really big into spotting with my uncle and he would take me out every night. He goes, here's the keys, go. Um, So we just go out for what seemed like hours. We probably only did a, like a 10 mile, 15 mile loop at best. But it seemed like hours would go by because, you know, you're creeping. You're not going right. rocketing down the back roads. So we're just taking our time. And it was, I, I so enjoyed doing that. And uh, like I said, it, it benefited. Practice made perfect. Um, heck, I even practiced on my lawn tractors. You were saying about how you used to just kind of act like you're driving with it. Um, with the trailer, uh, mm-hmm. my, on Sundays, because my, my – 
granddad uh, really loathed uh, working on Sundays. Um, I would take the tractor out, which he, he kind of gritted his teeth about, but I would never turn the mower blade on. What I would do, though, is I'd hitch the, the wagon up behind it and go out and make this makeshift roadway on the two-acre field. And I would literally drive and back up with it and learn how to do, you know, to back trailers up. Um, I didn't realize a lot of my driving, I'd actually practice, but I do it for fun. And I never realized I've been training myself this whole time. Right. Um, which kind of leads us into, you know, driving events. Um, there were so many things that we used to do. I used to purposely go and do fishtails uh, <laughs> with my, my Dodge Dakota that I finally purchased. Um, well, even well, my, you kind of skipped a step. We were oh, going to, that's right. Oh, that's right. We got to talk about we our first talk car. About our, yeah. We got to yeah. talk about what we got for, for our first cars. Yeah. You go first. Might be. Okay. Fun. Yeah. Um, so I got my first car. It wasn't, uh, I think it wasn't until I actually got a job after high school because <laughs> I didn't go right into college. And uh, my dad helped me purchase a 1990 Pontiac 6000 uh, SE. I think it was the SE model. Was it uh, SE or STE? Because you had the sport package. No, it, it was SE. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit different package on it. It was the all-wheel drive, too. Uh, which is funny because I had it for about a year and I moved to Georgia, which I didn't need in a wheel drive. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was um, it was a very shiny dark blue, had the gold rimmed uh, wheels and these really really skinny little. It was a it was like a uh, uh, a pattern. <coughs> Excuse me there was like four little spokes that would would jet out from the middle, like three different areas on the wheel. And I remember taking my rag, you know, after you're finished washing and you're cleaning off your wheels and getting my finger in there. And my fingers were just small enough that I could get the rag in there and really clean it out really good. Nice. Um, I was very meticulous on those, <laughs> on the details on that car after I, uh, uh, washed it and cleaned it up and stuff. But I had that car uh, for about four or five years. Um, so I really didn't, I actually didn't have a vehicle, Mr. 80s. I didn't uh, own a vehicle from the 80s until after that <laughs> because uh, we had a little, I had a little mishap with it uh, in college and it got totaled out. A lady pulled out in front of me. I missed her, but in slamming on my brakes, I went sliding into a curb that was, I don't know, it seemed like it was about a foot tall. It was like at a, at a drainage ditch, oh. a drainage uh, entry point, and the curb was, was kind of raised up a little higher, and I hit it straight on with my... Uh, passenger front tire and it just pushed that whole thing back in there and it had done more damage than the, you know, obviously the car was worth. So they had to total it out. And I bought a 1988 Isuzu pickup with uh, the money that I got from the total out, which was like, I think, I don't know, 1800 bucks, something like that. 
Um, and that was a stick shift. That was the first stick shift that I owned. Uh, rode that thing for about two or three years. Not a single problem. The only thing I ever had ever changed in that Isuzu was the uh, the the radiator uh, plug <laughs> nice. on the bottom. It started leaking. I had to, you know, whatever it was, a couple dollars part. Put it in there, and I, I put a set of tires on it. And about two years later, when I traded to get the truck that I have now, actually, uh, I got two grand for it. <laughs> yeah, you made a couple so hundred. I made a couple hundred over two or three years on that on that truck. Uh, that was quite a deal. But yeah. uh, anyway, so that was kind of you know my first car. I think Dad went halvesies with me on purchasing that. We bought it from the used dealer that was between the uh it was on the what they call the clearfield kerwinsville highway now over there where uh you had uh, rigglesworth interiors you had that uh construction uh, yep. place yep. and then the very next little building they sold cars there that's where yep. i bought it they still sell cars there <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, however many years later but um anyway so that was my first car and uh yeah i i i remember i got a picture of it we were going uh out towards woodland and you know right there by the uh, arrowhead restaurant mm-hmm. they sell cars right out there in front of the whatever construction place that is and there was one identical to my car and i pulled up right beside it and we took pictures of uh of both cars and you sent me um, a picture of a copy of it yeah, I think I asked you which one's mine, you know, or something. Which is hilarious. I mean, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like I'm fibbing, but I'm really not. I for like his dad, I was such a car nut. I could sit on a curbside and tell you that it was a 1904 Chevy Cavalier with the V6 in it. I could tell you what it was. Nowadays, I'm I'm lucky enough if I can figure out the name of the car. Right. Um, but uh, at that time, he would sit there. He had the picture. He goes, I didn't even read the back of the 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 picture i just pulled it out and i saw his letter and i'm like oh i gotta i gotta figure this out <laughs> it, it took me a couple minutes to look and look and look I'm like it's the one on the right i'm quite, quite sure it's the one on the right and then i'm reading your note and i don't remember what was in the note yeah. and then i i haphazardly put everything down and that's when I, it it actually flipped over like the wind flipped it over or whatever and that's what i saw you say guess which one is mine it's the one on the right or something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that somewhere. I still have it in my memory. Oh, that's cool. Um, that in your picture of your college dorm from the parking lot. I Yeah, I remember sending you those. It was funny because that car, it did have a remote uh, keyless entry on that car. And I uh, ran into that car later on over at Ames in the Ames parking lot. I said, oh, oh there's my uh, twin. And I was like, hmm. I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> and I went over the car to try to open the door locks. Of course, it, it didn't. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. That was my first experience with uh, something like that. Where hmm, I wonder if I can unlock other cars with that are the same, you know, make, model, color, right, right down to the last detail. Automart uh, is the one you were you found that at. That Automart. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, I'll hand the floor over to you. What was your first ride? Uh, my first vehicle was my dad's car, that 1980 Pontiac Phoenix. 
Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember driving in it and feel I had the, the middle armrest in the, on that bench. And it, that was the only car I remember still to this day that it was actually truly centered. You know, you said me, I like to use the armrest to drive. And that was the only car that was, like I said, completely centered. All the other ones are all usually off to one side. <laughs> and that one was the only one that was dead centered. Um, I added, I added a pair of uh, kind of like the BA special. I did the uh, driving lights, which were the clear fog lights. I called them driving lights. And then I put on a pair of fog lights also. So this car had tons of lights in the front end. Uh, I was going to, I was going to be able to cut through any type of dimness. Um, uh, now which, which was the car that we got pulled over by that the cops? One. Was it that one? Okay. That and was you, the one we got. Yeah, tell that story. Well, me and my novelty, I was trying to do the Knight Rider thing. Um, <laughs> because you watch Kit, right? Watch an episode of Knight Rider. Not all the time, but every now and then you'd see Kit drive with the parking lights on and the lower, the lower like driving lights. You never, you didn't see him with the pop-up headlights, the true headlights. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's, not a big deal. I'm driving with my driving lights and the parking lights. Not a big deal. But we got pulled over for having the wrong lights on. At that same time, this is when, at least in our area, the big thing was, uh, the cool, what we call the cool fad was we, we found root beer and I think birch beer at the time yeah. was in these beer bottle looking bottles. You could get like a six pack of them. A little pricier, yeah. but to us, they were like, "Oh, look, we're drinking beer." Yeah, Not really? Brown. Yeah, the brown, yeah, brown bottles, and they had the scroll work and stuff on the side. There might have been a cowboy or something. Yeah, I, I can't I remember. remember. IBC did uh, some different designs and stuff for those bottles, but and yeah, I- we were cool. So we have them like open in the car, <laughs> in the cup holders, and we get pulled over. I don't know if was it a state cop? State uh, you know, I don't remember if it was a state or the local. Anyway, but yeah. Got, so he's he asked us. He I still remember. He asked, "Is that is that birch beer?" And I said, "Yeah." Do you want to make sure? And he's like, "No, I'm fine. I'll trust you." So he just gave me a. I think he gave me a warning then. And yeah, that was it. Was it. Just a warning. Turn on your headlights or something. I think yeah. he said when you left or something. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the only incident with that car. Jason and I really didn't drive too much in that car. Uh, it went to a, a, a real quick demise with, under my ownership. Uh, I had forgotten something one school morning. I'd forgotten something and uh, was headed back to the house. And this is when we were still up in Eden. And a guy was on my side of the road and he wouldn't move over, wouldn't move over. Finally, I went off into the berm, which was just gravel at the time. But to come back up, uh, for me, I thought I just slipped on the rocks and lost control. Dad and his buddy looking at the, the tire track said that I oversteered, basically. And basically, <laughs> I slammed the, the driver's side, the rear, the rear back of the car, and I slammed it into a, a real tall embankment. And uh, I joked, and I, I shoved the, the rear axle about four to five inches to the right. So I, yeah. I messed up that frame. Um, <laughs> it was gone. So it was totaled right away. Uh, and then in the interim, uh, literally the interim, my, my dad had sold 
my stepmom's 1981 Ford LTD to my one of my stepsisters, but she wasn't living in Ohio, so she didn't know when she'd pick it up. So I borrowed it till she <laughs> came to pick it up, basically. Uh, I think I ran it for about five or six months. It had a hole in the gas tank. <laughs> Uh, I, I had to actually watch I, whenever I would fill it up. I'd have to actually watch the gas gauge as I filled it up because I could go a needle width above half tank. And that's as far as I could go. Otherwise it would leak. Um, the valves ticked like crazy in it. My dad put this Marvel mystery oil in it and it basically let it keep living. It had the, <laughs> had the big V uh, 302 V8 in it. And that thing got about eight miles a gallon if I was lucky. <laughs> so and you know you could get half a tank in there. So that wow, you're like yeah. gassing up every other it, day. Well, I could go if I stayed straight to home, school, and work when I lived uh, when I worked there at Old Town Road. Um, I could get three days worth of gas out of it. If I went anywhere else, I was down to you know I'd have to actually get it every other day. Wow. Um. So yeah, that was my big. I used to call it the Jolly Green Giant, or the <laughs> or the the moving time bomb because all did you hear the valves just tick like crazy in this thing, tick 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 tick, just loud, obnoxious. <laughs> um, and then finally, um, my dad had bought. It was supposed to be for my stepmother, but she wanted a Buick instead. Um. But he came across an '86. It was a it was a wreck. It was an '86 Plymouth Turismo, and that's the one I had the the longer life with. Um, it just it was kind of cool. It was the sports package that they put on. Yeah. They had the gr lower ground effects to it. It was supposed to have 14 inch wheels, but my dad thought it'd be wiser that I have 13 inch. To him, it was narrower. So digging through winter snows and stuff, the narrower tire will get you down deeper. Mm. And basically grab better. Um, had the sunroof. It had the sunroof. It had the louvers on the back hatch. I, was say, I remember the, the louvers on the window. Yeah. And then it was all types of messed up. What I mean paint-wise. Because <laughs> we bought, we found a, a parts car, a donor, up in, <laughs> coincidentally enough, up in Frenchville. And uh, pulled all the parts off, put it all together. Uh, I, we sort of did a... Krylon touch, rust only and paint job on the hood to kind of blend it, which was obvious. We've tried. Um, <laughs> and then what happened? Oh, there was it, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was black though. Wasn't it right? It was mostly black. It was like, yeah. there was one gray. I think I had a dark gray or some kind of fender. So it looked good at night. Yeah. It looked good at night. <laughs> um, and then uh, I was going the back, back way to our house uh, i was waiting for a shipment from columbia house um and i because it was so, it was snowing so much i didn't oh, think the gosh. mail was delivering that box to and i was like anxious because i think i had just started up so i'm waiting for the 12 cassettes or whatever coming in the box in the mail for a penny yep yeah so i'm eager and i went the back way i went to the frenchville um post office and went the back way in doing so the um, a lady slid through a stop sign, which she didn't even see. In fact, I still remember she said, I was too busy looking at all the pretty uh, ice on the trees. 
and she hit me head on with the car. So oh. here we are. The t- car is front end, you know, pulverized again. Um, insurance totaled it out, but we, my dad was able to essentially buy it back for whatever. So we went back to the donor car and found the other fender and went to somewhere else to find another front end to it. Um, put it all together. And out of that money, I was able to give it a paint job. Um, it was a, there was a five speed. Yeah. Five speed. Um, it had a, uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Jason would never leave my radio alone. We'd get into the car and we would, it, listening to the radio with him, you, you, you are in a, it's like thumbing through samples. Because <laughs> we would never hear a whole song through with, with Jason. Ray. I'm still like that. Yeah, I'm still like that. So, my wife hates me. There was a there was a time because my on that car the heater the heater controls were on the drivers like next to the to the door, so I kept threatening him. I'm gonna move this around so it's the radio over here so you can't touch my radio. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, we used to do all types of things. I used to do the General Lee before General Lee was the Dukes were cool again, uh, quote unquote. I uh, I would jump through the window on that car if it was decent out. I wouldn't do it if it was rainy or muddy, but I I would jump through that window all the time. Um, yeah. And that was the car we did all the spotting with through when I was uh, standing up and up through the sunroof like it was a you know, a Humvee turret. Yep. yep. And that um, <laughs> and then uh well the Pontiac the yeah, the Pontiac was the one that you did the uh, pixie disc p- pixie stick and Mountain Dew experiment in. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I guess let's transition a little bit as we uh, kind of nearing towards the end of the show. Um, into some of the things we used to do in our cars or little. Uh, well, you mentioned a couple of crashes and fender benders and stuff, but uh, we which car was it? We did all the puddle hopping in. Was it that the the uh, Turismo? We did it in everything. Well, um, that's true. <laughs> because Oh, you didn't mention the bread truck. You got to tell about the bread uh, truck. Oh, yes. And and to t- to let you know, Jason will have show notes. I've sent him all my pictures. Um <laughs> the Pontiac, I'm going to try to find some for mine too. Yeah, my Pontiac, I never took photos of the Pontiac, so but I found a very good very good uh rendition via an old magazine ad. So it's the same paint job, everything. It's just not mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can Google an 81 Ford LTD and you'll find the tank that I had. Uh, I don't have pictures of it either. Um, now, my 86 Turismo, it's there. And you can even see little, uh, old Red's tire in the background. And then my bread truck that Jason is do- describing. Just a quick how I got this. One of our teachers was a used car salesman as well, Mr. Smeal. And for us that knew how to drive, his little thing with us was was we were basically labor kids. We would go get trucked down in his – the last time we went down was in this huge boat of a caddy, like a 70s caddy. Um, We would all go down there, and we were allowed to kind of do a free-for-all. We'd just look around. Uh, look at all the dreams car, dream cars we couldn't afford even at auction prices. Uh, <laughs> but his caveat was that he would buy us at cost 
he would get us a vehicle. So I'm going all around this place, and I come across this 1964 Dodge step van. And there, it's a snub node. There's no engine, no, no front end to this thing. Um, you'll see pictures of it, and you'll look at it. And most people, most people hated the looks of that vehicle. <laughs> I got so many people turned off by it at school. Like, why do you drive that ugly thing here? And I still remember, I think it was Josh that used to say that to me often. And I would say, why do you drink that, drive that here? I said, to piss you off. I'll bring it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I did that often. Uh, but uh, anyway, so this thing had a Dodge big block slant six in it, but was not actually even slanted. Uh, <laughs> it had a three speed column shift. So three in the tree, uh, the reverse didn't have reverse lights. So there was actually a little pop-up like a headlight switch to turn on the reverse lights. I got pulled over once for that too, because I accidentally left them on. Uh, <laughs> he asked, he asked, is there anything wrong with your backup lights? I said, not to my knowledge. And then I noticed that they were on. I'm like, oops. He goes, yeah, you're high, ba- high beaming me down there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Jason wrote in that and he can attest to you to how, uh, well, it was like it, it's it's mainly like driving UPS truck in a in a UPS truck. Yes, exactly. Uh, there was no seat belts, <laughs> but you're on this like ped- you're on this like pedestal yep. of a chair and the sliding doors, you know, to get in. So, I mean, this was the the funnest thing to ride in. I I don't think I ever tried to drive it. No, but uh, you know, we would uh, you know bump around town in this thing. And I'm like, cool man, no seat belt. You know, and you're just going down the highway, and then, and then the uh, the moment that I figured out, well, we've got all this room in the back. The only thing that's back there is your base cannon. Uh, I decided to do some like surfing and <laughs> truck bed surfing. So if you remember, <laughs> if you were kids back in the '80s or even that era that remembers truck bed surfing is what we called it. That's what he did in my by step van. Yeah, so that that became a. Usually, I had to do that at least once. I think every time we, I was in yeah. that thing. <laughs> do you remember the? Do you remember the one time you scared your mom half to death though? Because she she had to take her car to the radiator shop or something, and so she had to ride along with us, and she was so worried about you being in the back doing that. It was hilarious because we had to go up. She to- rode in that thing. Yeah, I don't remember that at all, dude. That was hilarious because. She, I said you can close the door. I think she did because she, you know, there's how did she even get up there? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> but I remember her getting up in there, and you know, it wasn't a big deal. We had to drive. It was the Daytona. We had to take it to the radio shop. I do remember that. And you were <laughs> in the back of that, and I even remember going over the the West Side uh, Trail uh, railroad tracks. And I said, so, "Hey, tracks are coming." He goes, "Okay," and you had lost balance. You actually had to cling to the top frame from falling over. I remember that. But, uh, Man, but yeah, that I, was, I, had, I don't remember. I don't remember driving mom. And I guess that was probably before I got my car, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, we did that. And I had rigged up a radio. I was dead set of getting rid of my Turismo at that time. And uh, so I put six by nine speakers in a, literally a cardboard box and set them in the back and then had my base cannon right next to it. Man, that thing had some, Big booming goat, yeah, echoed. It echoed in that back of that thing because there's just all this space and metal. It was just like a being a meat locker or something, you know. 
I used and to that base cannon back there, man. Oh gosh. And I would used to, I used wild. to test the height of that because I would go through the the drive-throughs with it. <laughs> and I remember my favorite gag, and I didn't I turned it into a gag. It was completely innocent the first time I drove up. I went to Dairy Queen literally just to get a soda, and I didn't yeah a soda, not even ice cream. But uh, I went there, got a soda, and I had to go somewhere with it. And the, they kept asking me what was I saying. Then it dawned on me the back door was open because there was a sliding door right behind me. I could close off the back, that back uh, cargo. So I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Slide it closed. Can you hear me now? They're like, oh, yeah. I said, you know. <laughs> so I said, you know, large Dr. Pepper or whatever I said. So after that, periodically, I would go through there, <laughs> leave that door open to piss them off. <laughs> I, I managed. I don't know how I managed. Uh, I dared myself and drove that van underneath the Burger King canopy. And you know that was a full canopy there in Clearfield. Yikes. I, I, I know it was pretty dang close, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was well, that my was baby. Good. That was that my was summer car. I drove that. I don't know. I drove that more than my Turismo during the summer. I love that truck. Got I figured it out. It got 12 miles to the gallon. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, we. I loved that. You had like four jobs, <laughs> or whatever it was. I did. I loved it. Paying all the gas. Oh yeah, I had so many dreams for that truck too. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you're talking about uh, driving events. One of them, puddle hopping. Puddle hopping was not not hopping. It was basically driving through to see how much splash we could get. So it started out, I think, honestly, with my dad's. Uh, that 79 horizon the jitney i think we started out there and then then there would be nice that my dad would let me take red so we'd hit it with that but i remember the jitney and even my car was more fun because we'd hit it just fast enough especially that spot where uh tim smay used to live yes Uh, that's i remember that exact spot going to your house i would gun it i would gun it whatever i could do to hit it as hard as we could and it would splash all and all over the windshield so we'd actually have to turn the windshield wiper on uh we'd go down to to the fairgrounds the driving park and oh yeah that was like all the puddles with that oh man that was i don't know how we found a humor out of that but we did we we just it was great i remember like uh several instances where you know it got to the point where you were like aiming for puddles oh yeah and i would i would do it in my car too and you're and you are looking to see are there any people around can we <laughs> splash people you know with the with the puddle and that one like that first one you were talking about uh where tim used to live I can remember feeling like the car hydroplane through yep. there because yep. it was it was one of those puddles that would stay there, you know, a couple of days after oh, yeah. it rained. It was like always there, so it was like uh, our old reliable. And every time we were in the car when we we're going to your dad's house, you know, I can remember you veering over that way to to hit it, well, no matter which way we were going. It seemed like <laughs> well, no, I, I would I was cautious because it was always on the way back towards Clearfield when when I hit it. Um, I see. I thought you were hitting it both ways. No. I, I seem to remember. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that became a that became a a regular regular thing after it rained. We'd head over to the fairgrounds there, and where there was no you know no traffic really, and try to hit all the mud puddles we could. And... I remember 
I remember trying it with my my Turismo. Remember when the the school the drive uh, the the driveway sort of flooded out towards mm-hmm. the gym, mm-hmm. and I remember gunning it. It was a heavy downpour, and I remember gunning it for it. I probably didn't get maybe twenty mile an hour, but I still gunned it and had this big ocean come up all over this windshield. I don't know how I made the turn because it's a sharp turn up. Right, it was. So you really had to be watching yourself, but I hit it. I remember that. And all of a sudden, the next thing I hear is this big old growl coming out of my car. Like, oh, crap, I just hit something. (laughs) So uh, I remember pretty vividly because I went out and opened the hood trying to figure out where this growl is coming from. I think I deduced it was my electric fan got water in it. and uh, But I was soaked. And this this was the start of the school. So I come in soaked, you know, and I, I remember Josh giving me crap about it. Like, Oh, I'm working on your car out in the rain. I said, uh, at least I know how to work on my car out in the rain or something. <laughs> so, He's giving you crap all the time. He did. But, um, well, yeah, we, and we did the same thing, I guess in the snow, you had hinted about it a little bit. I think in our last, mm-hmm. uh, show there with school memories about going up into the church parking lot there and doing donuts and yep, yep. Uh, I, all the sliding and stuff. I used to do, I, I didn't do it very often because I knew Mrs. Baum was always watching. Um, but I would try to do it when it was real deep. Uh, I was actually kind of cautious when it came to, to doing stunts. Uh, I, I waited till there was real slippery roads. I didn't want to buy new tires uh, real quick. So, I would wait until it was real deep and then I would go out and try to do a donut. I, it took me a while to learn. Um, ended up being backwards, obviously, in a front-wheel drive. That's how I would, would learn it. But after a while, I started to learn what the e-brake would do. So I'd do a <laughs> kind of like 180s with it. Usually the 180s. It wasn't the 360s. It was the 180s that she would catch me on. So I only <laughs> did a few. I only did a few. Um, uh, I got – I my hairs got raised, the one of, of – event because i actually it was real icy so when i did the 180 i kept sliding and almost hit that little bump right where where that i don't remember i want to say there was some kind of greenery bush or something there right below the mm-hmm. right before it hits the driveway to the church so i got like i was like Ooh, okay am i gonna flip the car no okay i'm safe i better <laughs> not do this ever again so i kind of got scared off there but yeah. i I used to do so many stunts with that thing. I used to scare the crap out of you. Yes. I, <laughs> uh, there was times I wished I had like one of those racing seat belts, you know, the double strap <laughs> in that car, uh, the stunts and everything. I was pretty conservative and I, I kind of tie it back to one little incident that just scared me half to death. I thought I was going to die. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, going into a shift at the radio station and for some reason, instead of, and it was icy. I mean, it was snow on the ground, but there was still ice kind of beneath it too. And instead of going kind of all the way down through East end, I cut up towards Denny's mm-hmm. and up through there. And, you know, that kind of peaked up there by the cemetery. And then there was a little bit of a down slope. And then you had that huge street that was like oh, yeah. a 60% drop, yeah. you know, 60 degree down towards the Grace Museum. 
uh, like the steepest, you know, street that a car could pretty much handle. Well, I decided to go that way for some reason that day. I guess maybe <laughs> thought I was quicker to get down to the station. I got up to the top of the crest of that hill and I just started to slide and I'm sliding and I'm sliding and I can't stop it. I'm pulling every break that I have. And I came to rest right at the top of that really, really steep street. And I kind of counted my blessings and, (laughs) you know, drove down the rest of that hill back in towards town. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I would have went, you know, skidding down that street, who knows where I would have ended up. This hill, this hill, Cemetery Road is what he was driving on. I can't remember the, the exact street that you were going to turn onto. I mean, the name of it, yeah. but I know which one he's talking about. All you have to do is Google Cemetery Road, and you'll find it on a map. The, he, there's no exaggeration. This was a very, very steep grade. I, I think they closed it off during the winter, but I'm not 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, it, I mean, nobody was stupid enough to go down it if there was any kind of snow. Even even in the rain, I didn't want to go down that no. street. Um, no, but th- that, so that road steep, is but, still in existence. I don't know why they how you know they don't grade it different yeah but, um it it was one of the most dangerous areas and where he, he like you said he's counting his blessing because if he would have gone down he would have just kept on going and there was houses on both sides and you yeah. know it, you could either just skidded right through town or skidded off and been in somebody's kitchen you know yeah pretty much it was uh it was it was pretty scary. So I I stayed away from the stuff when the snow was on the ground and it was icy. Oh, not me. I took my time. Uh, I remember feeling very upset with myself. It was one time going back to college. This must have been uh, you know like right after Christmas break, and there was still snow on the ground. And I got down to Altoona, and right as you, well, before it's it connected there to make. Uh, what is it? 81 interstate 81 now. No, 99 to get, or 99, 99, uh, to get up onto that. There was like a little ramp and I was going too fast to get up there and spun it around and hit the guardrails with the back of my Pontiac oh. and it, it knocked out a taillight. Um, it really didn't do much damage, but I was just mad at myself that I was, I should have known better to go that fast. And when it was, you know, snow on the ground, but that was really the only fender bender I had with that car until that, that accident that I had and totaled it out. Well, I was, if there was vehicles on the road, I was, or if my sister was in, in the passenger seat, I was very safe. I, I was very, take my time, whatever. After hours, especially when you work the late shift at QIX and WCPA, and you live in the backwoods anyway, I would take the opportunity at 2 a.m. because no one's out there, <laughs> and I would do everything I could. I used to be able to find uh, – there was a spot going into Gramgen to the only light that's in that town. And there was a spot I used to lock the brakes and literally slide right to the corner before <laughs> the light so I could – then make the right-hand turn up to my mom's and I would gun it, just touch the e-brake so I could do a quick, like 90, like a tank turn and just go. <laughs> I used to do that. Um, we, there's a lot of spots like that around town that we just knew where to gun it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Over, remember uh, that huge dip on River Road? 
Oh right, yeah, yeah. Right, down, right down from the. Uh, They've tapered it now the over the tech. years, but there you. Oh, yeah. that, that used to be the the gag with our parents. They used to. My dad did this all the time right after lunch, you know, like Sunday lunch or something at Pizza Hut or something. They would just go la la la. Oh, hey, the dip's coming. Here you are, just. Oh no! Here we go. Oh. We we had a guy. I for one summer, the first summer, uh, maybe it was junior year. I worked a summer job, and I worked for the township mm-hmm. uh, for several weeks. And we were in the back of those, you know, Lawrence Township yellow pickups. And this guy, this was like the summer right before they smoothed it out, you know, so it wasn't such a dip. But uh, we'd uh, we'd be over there all the time, back and forth, and he would gun it over there, and we were sitting in the pickup bed, <laughs> and he would yell back through the little sliding glass doors from the cab. He'd be like, "Did that tickle your pee pee?" <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Shut up!" You know, because he would gun it, and your stomach just drops <laughs> for a second there. And uh, uh, so, anyway, that's my period. <laughs> This one, this one is something I used to do to Jason on purpose, and it was fun. Um, when I worked at Old Town Road Exxon there in Clearfield, we had separate pumps out and back. They were Pacific Pride. If we used them, it was basically a punch card. And what we would do is that was how I got my discount, employee discount on the gas. So I go back there, fill up, and usually before we went up to Beeps, we would go out there. Um, Depending on how I pointed the car, depended on where what I would do. So if I pointed the car, trying to remember how I did it. If I pointed the car from the side street, uh, which would be behind us, so if I pulled in that way, then I would back the car out and do a front front end 180 and just hit the gun it and go. And Jason would cling to that door like door handle, like no tomorrow, just thinking something was going to happen. Yeah, then, then if I pointed it the other way, uh, coming in the other way, I would back it out slowly, and Jason would kind of like get a false sense of security there. And then I would drive right between the vacuum pump aisles. Oh, my gosh, yes. And <laughs> we had vacuum pump aisles. There was no room. No, no room. There was not at all, really. Uh, I should have lost a mirror a couple times. I was going to say, there's several times I was like, you're going to lose a mirror on that dude. What are you even doing? But this, the way this was set up, <laughs> the way this was set up, this, these were like, uh, yeah, concrete block um, vacuum islands. And then there was a gap, asphalt gap, and then there was the bay for your, for your uh, self-serve car wash. I would go, uh, I know the, the viewer on the, on, on YouTube could see this, but if you look at it, it's kind of like a T where the lower part of your section is the Island. And this horizontal side of your T, the top T is your, your, um, uh, wash bay. And I would drive right through it, but it would be so narrow of a, of a font, you know, a path. I would just do it. No problem. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Jason is just Gritting teeth, you're gonna lose a mirror. You gotta scrape the side. You just got a paint job, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I do that. Do you remember? I just hit this. Do you remember the time we had a we sort of went airborne with my red truck? 
Was it on the dip hill? On the no. Where was it? No, it was it was back in the dirt roads, wasn't it? Nope. Nope. So here here's the episode. Uh, what reminded me is when we were talking about track. I drove Red down to Tipton or Huntington or wherever we went for tr- the track meet. On the way back, you decided to ride with me, and there was we started hearing this real loud scraping sound, and then in front of us, one of the vans pulled off, the church vans. So I looked back in my rearview mirror, and someone was right on my bumper of that truck. So I knew if I stay on the brakes, I'd I'd have someone in the back end. So I d- decided to go, go right off and pull off but I was going way too fast. I ended up doing this big, huge 180. And we had just come to a stop and the people in the van, the other van right next to us looking at us like, ah, I started kind of chuckling when I'm like, hey, look at that. Yeah, we're doing. next thing you do is scream bloody murder because you didn't realize we were, you know, we're, we were finally fine. <laughs> and then, like a week later, Danny was telling me, how we actually lo- we were actually off on two wheels on that truck. I'm like, really? Oh crap! I could have rolled my truck. No, I was more panicked after the fact because he said that. Then, you know, yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, that. So I, I don't specifically remember that, but uh, yeah, I I could uh, if we were up on two wheels, then I can weren't screaming like a girl like I did often <laughs> in that car. <laughs> <laughs> but that was old red that was red or, I yeah. her. um but yeah we we did so much stuff back roads we did a lot of really spotting is what we did we didn't do too much else in the back roads. but i would take that that plymouth turismo to places it probably should never have gone i mean it wasn't all that high of a vehicle but i would take it over little rocky roads you know off the beaten path even for a back road kind of yeah. off on the side and uh Oh man, we would. I don't know how that thing ever got out of some of the places. It was like the General Lee, so to speak. It would just go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yes. Good stuff. Wow. I think that does it for our first set of cars, I would call it. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> I, I know we could talk about our subsequent vehicles, but uh, yeah. I think well, that's a good I've, start. Yeah, I've owned. Well, I've owned a total of three cars in my lifetime. Well, cars and trucks. So um, I'd have to count. You, you did that in your first couple of years, right? Yeah, I had four. <laughs> and then I've had one. There was a running gag in school on how many cars or how many quote unquote accidents, I think it was, that you or fender benders or yeah, yeah. close calls. I mean, you were counting everything at that point, but I yeah, was, you were definitely up in the teens. I, I have to recount, but I think I'm up to 16 total right now. <laughs> that is including, uh, heaven forbid, but I'm, that's including two lawn tractors. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that might be for a, another podcast, but uh, well, yeah. You like driving and you like working on those things. I do. Uh, I've enjoyed <laughs> all my vehicles. And I'm like my dad. I try to keep them as long as I can. I have my 94 Dakota for almost, I think, just shy of like one month of 10 years. I had an 05 Dakota for seven, yeah, wow, seven years. Wow, I've actually passed you then. Seven years. Well, it wasn't. I was going to keep that 05 for a lot longer. Uh, but. 
Julie really kind of coaxed me into getting a family vehicle after that. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I do remember. I remember that day. Yeah. So making the sacrifice. It, it was two sacrifices real quick. I'll try to be brief. I had figured out a way. Finally, me being the sound guy, loving to DJ and build sound systems. I had finally figured out a way to design a outdoor, true outdoor PA system onto my 05 Dodge Dakota boat speakers. So they were waterproof on the, on the truck bed. We got to test this out at uh, the Clifford County Fair. Yep. Um, unfortunately, oh, that's where God, I blew up. That was up my so fun. That yeah. was so fun. Uh, we can talk about it, but I, I want I built this sound system, right? I built this center console for it uh, to hide the amp, all the wires, but I included a, a power inverter, 400 watt power inverter. So I actually had, you know, 120 for the laptop and whatever else, my wireless mics. Um, I had, I bought two Airwolf buttons, the Airwolf start buttons from the show. One was all power. Yeah. Well, one was all power for everything. The other one was my basically push and hold button, which was my Dixie horn. Got to have that. Um, <laughs> and then I put cup holders on this. So it was a very functional. I even put my, figured out a way to put my CB, little tiny CB radio in the, in the side of it. So everything was in the center console. Then, you know, life happens and I'm supposed to, you know, get a, have a baby and we're, he's already born and she keeps saying, what happens if you have to go get him in an emergency? Can you fit him in the car? So I pushed my uh, passenger seat all the way up and my center console was blocking it from going further. I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to have to take out my PA system. I put this on. I spent so many hours on this thing, and finally I took it out. And then I put the car seat in there; it barely fit. And I'm like, okay, I think that just convinced <laughs> me. So we went through the Clearfield yeah. County Parade with this sound system. This is its real debut moment, and I still remember to this day. One, Jason said something quit out here. My subwoofer quit. It was my my bass, yeah. which was not that great anyway. Um, and then we just started to pray and goes, dude, this is the only time we can crank it up and not get a fine. Let's crank it up. So that's exactly <laughs> what we did. We just cranked that sucker up. So I was, yeah, I mean, this was like a true homecoming. I, I just felt like it was a homecoming it for was. us. And, you know, every year we have this parade. Um, it was at the, the Saturday starting the parade, right? Friday or Saturday. Anyway, it's, it's it's a Monday, isn't it? It's a Monday that they start the parade. Monday night, seven o'clock. Oh, it is. Okay. Yep. I was thinking it was or six o'clock, but either it's it's a Monday night that they start. Anyway, so we'd never done anything like this before. He's got his, you know, Dakota decked out with this sound system. We got banners on the side for his uh, newly revamped website, Central County website. Yeah. And uh, I created a uh, a mixed a mixed CD, I'll say, of the bands and stuff that were coming to the fair that year. And including the local bands. Yeah, we had some local music that they we actually uh, sought out and had them send us some MP3s. So that was really cool. And then that year was uh, uh, Slaughter and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, house um firehouse it was like these three hair bands from the 80s and yeah. early 90s who was the other one i can't remember who the other one was it was a new country singer that's now 
big. Um, yeah, there was a country act. Uh, there have been a couple mostly. country acts. There's probably think, a couple. Yeah, I think maybe there was an opening, one of the girls, and then I don't follow country music. But anyway, so I created this whole CD to pop in so we'd be, you know, playing relevant <laughs> music as we're, you know, strolling through the streets of Clearfield. I had these blue armbands, which I still wear. Yeah. I still have one. This is – what year was this we did this? This had, was – Maybe six, seven years ago now? 20, anyway. 2010 or 20... It was just before I got rid of the, the truck, so 2010 or 2011. Okay. Uh, so I was throwing... We, we did a bunch of those up with the uh, the website on them, and was I was flinging them into the crowd. And I also had a super soaker in the back. Uh, I think it was mainly for Bernie, but then I found a few people along the way. <laughs> Cause I was riding in the, in the truck bed and throwing yep. these things out. And, uh, it was actually the lockets. It was Mark and uh, Jennifer, I think in their kids that, uh, they, Hey Jason. And I threw him a couple of things. I got something else just special for you. And I pulled out the super soaker and nailed them, you know, from the truck. It was perfect. But, uh, so that was really, I mean, that was just a fun experience. And, the setup you had in there was just awesome. And, you know, even though the subwoofer went out, I think yeah. it, it overheated, right? You said it overheated and, and that was uh, a whole other crappy <laughs> event. But, uh, what was comical, this one little event that Jason did most hilarious thing he's done. We would do, it was towards the end of the parade. And he's like, okay, let's see who's the loudest. And he goes to back and forth, back and forth. And he goes, I think this one's the loudest. And he chucks it to the opposite side. You had so <laughs> many people so pissed. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was throwing them to both sides. You but were, but yeah, that, that I was particular doing, bunch. I was doing, I was doing the, the Hulk Hogan, you know, pointing thing to one side. And I would go to the other. And they had no idea what I had. You know, for, for them, it was... I don't know, candy, money, whatever. <laughs> but they were, it, they got into it. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. Never done anything like that before. It but. was kind of fun. I don't think, I really don't think he knew it at the time. But um, when we're going through, they have this basically uh, uh, they, a judge stand at the grandstand. So we're just chucking them out and making as loud a no- noise as we can. We have, um, we have, uh, what am I thinking of? We have the, uh, wireless mic, so I'm making an announcement saying, who's the loudest, who's the loudest? Here, our old boss, Bobby Day, who has been basically the grand marshal for you know eons, is there making announcements. I still don't think he knew who we were. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, we would parade past the, uh, the grandstand there, mm-hmm. and they would announce what the float was or what the, the people were. I, yeah, I don't know if they used our name or what happened there, but it was, uh, it was fun. I remember chucking uh, a t-shirt up into the grandstand, uh, at that time. I'm like holding it up and there was a lot of people still sitting up in there. So that was fun. Yeah. Good times. Good time. That's, I think that's a good, uh, good note to end on. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I know it's uh, a little, little, 
past, but uh, uh, or in excess, I'll call it. But it was great. That was fun. Me being able to build that, and then us actually, like, kind of debut it and have a reunion, uh, homecoming, so to speak, was just uh, couldn't have uh, couldn't have had a better day or year. Really, it yeah, was fun. Yeah, it was really great. Well, we uh, appreciate again everybody listening, and if you want to. You comment or send us a tweet about your first car if it was back in the 80s or 90s kind of like we're our era or maybe uh <laughs> like Wyatt's dad the parents had a car sitting around just sitting there waiting for you to turn 16 and uh and to take it over we'd uh, love to hear it we'll be uh posting the show notes like he said with some pictures of our actual cars over on rediscoverthe80s.com and uh, we'll be also, you know, obviously posting to our social media. You can find us at RD80s on Twitter and uh, just you can search Rediscover the 80s on Facebook as well and uh, just comment to the, uh, the little show notes post on one of those areas and, uh, and we'll find you. But uh, again, we appreciate everybody listening and the feedback and uh, this is just a fun show, man. I just love pulling out memories. I had very little notes, <laughs> you know, written down. And like you said, we're, we're it's, I think, more fun and more uh, entertaining when we're spontaneous and don't essentially plan out an entire show. Just jot a few notes down here and there. And uh, That's it. I, I try very little to have any type of notes. Uh, um, basically, some for to kind of make sure that we're, we're yeah. on the same track. Put a but, show together. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make it look at least or sound rather halfway decent, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been a blast going through this memory jogger. I still listen to stuff. Uh, I still run into people. Haphazardly. I start a conversation like this weekend. I was just telling Jason, I ran into a guy. We started out with a Lego conversation, end up here. I am telling him about listening to our podcast. So uh, it was just, um, it's, it's just been a blast. <laughs> I always say that, it seems, but it's been a blast. <laughs> it's fitting. It's very fitting. Yes, it is. So, um, I guess that wraps it up. Yeah. You wanna, do you want closing remarks? I've got nothing else other than, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe and appreciate if you could pass us along or share us with, uh, anybody else. And, uh, if you you know enjoy the show or if there's things we can do better would love to get any feedback like that as well but uh we just you know like you said we kind of go from our memories and see where it takes us on some of these shows right well thank you for listening to memory jogger the podcast via rediscover the 80s.com continue to submit your comments and ideas via our website the show notes and our Rediscover 80s or RD80s social media sites. And as we close, wrote a song about it. Like to hear it, here it goes. We hope you enjoy as we hope you enjoy as much as like running down our memories on the Memory Joggers podcast. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. 
Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger Podcast. Hey!